Very good. Very good. Thank you for that wonderful welcome. Very kind of you. Well, today, my, my purpose of being here today is to bring you a word of encouragement. And um, already you've had that. Um, and I specifically asked for that song, Waymaker, Miracle Worker, Light in the Darkness. You know, he makes the way where there is no way. And that's the title of my message to you today, is that the Lord will always make the way where there is no way. He's like that, you know. It's what he does. And uh, by the way, I am subject to outbursts of enthusiasm. Um, so um, I, I allow you to be enthusiastic as well. And, um, but yes, it's just great to be here. You know, you know, one of the things that, um, that I've been listening to as I watch the news, hands all those news people, you've got to watch the news, you know, you just got to watch it. You know, I'm, I'm one of those got to watch the news people. And, um, and, and, and you hear the news and you hear about recession and you hear about difficulties and you go and fill your car up with fuel and the price of petrol's way up there. Aren't you pleased it's come down a bit? Yeah, come on. You know, but you go and buy your groceries and you've got to carry a cartload of money behind you. And, and, um, and so we hear uh, the government and, and the community and on the news are talking about recession. It's going to get difficult. It's going to get hard. You know, that things are going to not be the way they were. This is going to be our new normal. Does that sound familiar? Come on. You know, and, and we, we... But you know what? We live in a different kingdom. Come on, church. We live in a different kingdom. And he's our way maker. He's our miracle worker. He's the one that can do amazing things that we could never dream of. And, uh, and so I've got a couple of farm stories for you today. I'm going to start off with a farm story. This is one of my farm stories about how God is the way maker. He makes a way where there is no way. How many people know the word of God says that he sends the comforter? Who is the comforter, church? Why do you think he says he sends a comforter? Because we're going to need to be comforted. He sends the comforter because he knows that we're going to need to be comforted. Tell me, have you had a few battles this year and we're only a few days into it? What's the last few years been like for you? A few battles, eh? Some difficulties, some trials, some challenges. But the thing is, he is the way maker. He makes a way where there is no way. And, and that's so much his heart. That's so much about what he does. And so I want to tell you a story that happened to Joanne and I when we were farming in Waimati. Anyone know where Waimati is? Yeah, great place. And we were farming up in the Hunter Hills. And, um, and it was our first year farming. Our first year wasn't a great year. We farmed through a flood, we, farm, we were farming through a drought, we were farming through S&Ps, our lambs went from $18, when they took S&Ps off, they went down to $9, a lamb. So we had a flood, we had a drought, we had S&Ps, we had Rogernomics, we were playing 27%, all those people who remember those days, come on, 27% interest, we were paying Wrightsons at the time, and, uh, and we were reasonably broke. Just reasonably. We had an overdraft that we were always in. 
and we kind of get the wool check and it would just take us out. Then we'd go back in and we were just like this. How many people know that that's just normal life? You know, that's just the way it is when you're farming. You go in and out, in and out. And anyway, we had this drought our first year farming and, and, and I'd sit up on the hills and I'd look down and, and I'd look down the coast and you could see the rain going down the coast and I would be praying. I said, God, just send the rain this way. Send the rain. But guess what? The rain never came. It just kept on going down the coast. I'd sit up there watching it and everything was barren and dry. And we'd just finished lambing. We'd got all the ewes um, separated from the lambs. And we had, the, we, we had these lambs. We were trying to grow them for the market so we could send them away and make some money. And, uh, and anyway, one day I came into our house and I said to Joanne, I said, Joanne, I said, there's nothing left. For the lambs. I said, it's finished. I said, today is the last day we've got nothing left for the lambs. And, um, and Joanne said, oh my goodness, what are we going to do? Now, if you've been farming, you know, you can graze ewes on the side of the road, but you can't graze lambs on the side of the road. They are nuts. <laughs> they, just, they just go everywhere. And so we were wondering where to from here, and, and we both looked at each other, and we both decided that God will make the way where there is no way. We thought, well, it's out of our control. It's up to the Lord now to do what he can do. It's up to him to make something happen. And so we had our meal. We were sitting there. Next minute, bloop, bloop, phone goes. I pick it up. It was my mate Roger. I said, g'day, Roger, how are you? He said, I'm good, mate. He said, how are you? A couple of cockies having a chat, you know. Oh, yeah. He said, how you going, mate? I said, well, I said, it's a bit tough, Roger. He said, you know, we're a bit short of feed. He said, me too. He said, it's a bit tough, isn't it? This jolly drought, can you know, wait, cocky's talk. We just keep on talking and, and that kind of language. And anyway, Roger says to me, he said, look, he said, um, I was just having my tea tonight. And he said, and I was just wondering. He said, I've got two massive paddocks of clover here. And he said, I just wonder if you might need them. Come on. I'm just wondering if you might need them. And I say, hey, I say, mate, mate, do I really need them? He said, well, you bring those lambs down. Can I tell you what is the best food to fatten lambs? Clover. See, God makes a way where there is no way. And I, and I think I want to really encourage you as we go into this year, as we go into the difficulties, as we go into the trials, as we go into the financial pressures, as we go into all of us all together, knowing that every one of you is going to have experiences that are going to challenge you, some more than others. Some of you will have financial burdens greater than the person sitting beside you, but you're all going to have them one way or another. But can I encourage you that God will make the way where there is no way. He will provide for you. He will come through for you. He will establish you in the place where you need to be in the midst of difficulty. You know, even in trial, we can prosper. Doesn't mean to say it's all going to happen overnight. It's still, we still had to live through the drought. We lived through it. We lived through the Rogernomics of paying us 27% interest. We lived through all that, but the Lord was faithful. He got us through. Sometimes you're wondering how it's all going to work out. How are you going to pay the bills? How are you going to get through this? But God is with you. He's for you, and He will establish you through whatever you face in life. 
You can read in the book of Exodus, chapter 14, verses 1 to 31. I won't go there, but just a little bit of a breakdown. Um, uh, first of all, the Israelites have a camp by the sea. They just come out of slavery, and so they come out of a slavery situation, and now they are, they are beside an ocean. They walk through to this ocean, the sea, and uh, so they were camped there. Um, the Egyptians were pursuing them, and that's around about verse 8. The Egyptians were coming down, and they could see the, they could see the clouds of uh, dust. They could see everything happening. I don't know about you, but just put yourself in, your shoe, in their shoes. You knew that unless something happened, you were going to die. They were going to come through, and it was going to be the end for them. And it says uh, around about verse 10 to 19 or 13, it said they were fearful. Am I just the only one in life that gets afraid? <laughs> I, mean, I, didn't quite how, how, I didn't quite get to do the study, but I was thinking just, if anyone knows this, you can tell me, but how many times it says in the Bible to fear not? <laughs> but fear is a very normal, human, natural part of life. And so these people were afraid, afraid as the enemy was coming down up onto them, the Egyptians, and, um, and it was the end. It was, it was no way through. There was no way back. There was nowhere forward. There was nowhere to go. And, um, and then the Lord speaks to Moses. He said, Moses, he said, I'm going to make the way where there is no way. He said, well, how are you going to do that? He just said, well, he said, you just get that stick and he said, you just tap it on the water and just see what I will do. So Moses gets his stick. Wow. Imagine if you were there. Imagine. Whoa. Whoo. And then he says, now you've got to walk through it. What? You, gonna, you want us to walk through that miracle? The sea's up here. I said, pretty dangerous place to be. Can I tell you, sometimes when God does a miracle, you've got to work through it and walk through it and be in it. Would it be fearful walking through that? I would say so. I would have thought walking through that would have been pretty jolly scary. But they walked through and they got to the other side. They got to dry land and they started to celebrate and they started to thank God. God made the way where there is no way. And he will make the way for you about your financial situation, your family situation. He will come through for you because we are not under recession. We're under grace. But it will be hard. It will be challenging. It will be difficult at times, and it's not going to be a picnic. But the Lord will always come through for his people, and he will come through for this community and for your family and for those around you. You see, they were going through something, the Hebrews, and, um, and it was life-threatening, but they came through it, and they celebrated, and they praised God because God worked a miracle where there was nowhere else to go. Yeah. This is one of my favorite psalms in the Bible. I love this psalm. And uh, I, probably, I probably got a hold of this um, for my own personal life, and I'll be sharing a little bit more about this just as I get to the end of my message to you today. But I just love Psalm 84, verse 5. And it says, Blessed is the man whose strength is in you. Come on, church. You're blessed if you're hoping your strength's in him. You know, I, I often say to people, you know, if you don't read your Bible for seven days, it makes one week. That was for free. 
You can have that one. I'll say it again. If you don't read your Bible in seven days, makes one week. Read your Bible and just read your Bible. On your phone, doesn't matter where it is, but just read it. Just let the Word of God just minister to your heart. Because it's what it does for me. It says, Blessed is a man whose strength is in you, whose heart is set on pilgrimage. We're on a journey. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a spring. The rain also covers it with pools. They go from strength to strength. Each one appears before God in Zion. Lord of hosts, hears my prayer. Give ear to my God of Jacob. O God, behold your shield and look upon the face of your anointed. Man, I love this story. But it says, though you go through the valley of Baca. Now, this is a real place. It still exists today. And you come out, you come out of Palestine, and you come from the desert, and you go through this ravine. It's a steep, difficult ravine that you've got to climb down. And you get down into the valley. That's why he's using the word pilgrimage. You come down through the valley of Baca, and then you head off towards Jerusalem. It's, it's, it's sort of it's towards the city of God. That's... And, uh, but the literal meaning of this word baka means weeping. Whew. How many people like crying here? Man, normally crying involves pain. Normally, I must admit, though, being half Irish, I laugh at the funny things and tears do come out of my eyes. But, but though I go through this valley of baka, though I go through the valley of, dif- uh, valley of difficulty, the valley of sorrow, and it said that they will make it like pools. There'll be springs and there'll be refreshing in the midst of the trial. Because that's what God does. You know, sometimes we want God to deliver us out of our trouble. But when I read my Bible, he says, though you go through. Though you go through the valley of the, I will no evil. Though you go through it, and, then, and, and, and this is it, though you go through the valley of weeping, though you go through the valley of difficulty, though you go through the valley of sorrow, he said, I will be there to sustain you and keep you because he's promised to have springs of living water there to refresh you in the midst of the trial you go through. Believe me, guys, there's going to be some trials in the next year and the year after this and the year after that. We're going to go through some trials. But we're the family of God. We will journey together. We will help one another. We will, we will support. We will encourage. We will bless. We will get the gorse out of our pockets. That's an old farming term, by the way. We will get the gorse out of our pockets and we will help one another. We will share our resources because we're going to have to. And that's a little bit prophetic if you didn't pick that up. <laughs> we're going to need to share our resources, guys, both with your family and your community. But anyway, he's the way maker. He's the, he's, the, he's the one who will make the way. And though you go through things, he will be there to sustain you and keep you and, and encourage you in the midst of what you face. I want to tell you another farming story. This man was called Don Sauer, a wonderful man, godly man, full of faith, loved the Lord. And uh, I was pastoring in Methven, and uh, it was a r- very rural church, and um, we were pastoring there. And anyway... Um, Don was a very good farmer. He was winning prizes for his lambs. He was winning prizes for his wool. He was top-notch, number one, very, very good at what he did. Anyway, we had a big snowstorm that came through. I can't quite remember the year, but a big snowstorm came through, and we probably had about three to 400 millimetres of snow on the ground, and then it froze. And so he couldn't get his ewes 
onto the, onto the um, feed that he had underneath there. So the, the sheep were getting a bit stressed. And he made one mistake. He, he didn't feed them grain. Um, the, the grain will have sustained his sheep, but he thought, no, this will melt reasonably quickly and we'll get through and I can keep the grain for the, you know, a bit later on. And so anyway, it, um, it was all right. Eventually the snow disappeared. His ewes had, made, had really lost a lot of condition. And then we had another big snow, and this time it was over half a metre of snow. And Don went out <coughs> in the morning to check on his sheep, and the blizzard had pushed a huge amount of his sheep over, over a bank, and they all smothered. And he lost hundreds and hundreds of sheep that night. And those sheep were his living. That's how, he got his, that's how he got his finance. That's how he kept himself alive. That's how he paid his mortgage and the power bill and the fuel bill. And all those sheep were dead over a bank and they all smothered each other and the snow covered them over. <coughs> anyway, I got the phone call and, and so I go out to see Don and we're talking and Don's just broken. Valley of Baca, Valley of Weeping. Difficult place hard place and Don's just broken and all the farmers and, and, and to sort of make things worse um, the, the, they brought a digger in and they dug a huge hole on Don's farm and all the dead animals from all around Methven they were bringing in and putting on his, in, in his farm and all his sheep they got him out and, and I remember talking to one hard case old farmer and he said Mike he said you're a little bit of a preacher man he said how about you look after Don and we'll look after the sheep and the rest of the stuff mate I go, okay. So I'm looking after Don. And I still see Don walking back to his house. I said, Don, I said, you know, what can you say? Can I say this for free? If someone's going, going through something, don't be too Christian mouthing them, okay? <laughs> don't go, no, 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 no. You know, God's with you and he's going to sustain you and he'll go. Um, just weep with those that weep and rejoice with those that weep. Now, this is, don't, don't get in there and sort of try to be, just shut your mouth and just be kind and caring and supportive and loving and helpful. <laughs> I know you all do that, but I was just going to drop that in for free. And I could just see Don this day as, as I said, Don, I'm going to go home. And I just saw Don walking into his house just like this. Man, he was an upright, strong farmer you know and there he was walking like this and I said he's broken he's a broken man so I come out the next morning to see Don I said Don how are you and he said I'm, I'm just shocked he said I'm in total shock and disbelief to what's happened and so we were talking and um, we went for a walk around his farm and, and I said well what happens now and Don says I don't know but we probably should pray that's not me saying that it's not my faith, it's his faith. And he said, we probably should pray. And so Don and I, we stand in the paddock like this and, we, and I pray a prayer, something like, well, Lord, this is a bit of a mess. What are you going to do? I don't know how this is going to work out. You'll make the way where there is no way. You'll help him through this because if something didn't happen, he was going broke. He was going to lose his farm because of, the, you know, he was, money was tight. <clears throat> A few weeks later, a man comes onto Don's farm. He said, Don, he introduced himself. He said, I'm a potato grower. He said, at the fire alarm. 
Oh, I was just about to run out. <laughs> Is that telling me I'm finished? <laughs> and um, anyway, this guy comes onto his farm and he said, Don, he said, I'm a potato grower. He said, um, would it be all right if I leased a paddock and grew potatoes in your paddock because I know things are a bit difficult? And Don said, that'd be great. And so they put these potato, potatoes in. Come harvest time, the guy comes to Don and he said, Don, he said, what did you put in that paddock? What did you put in that paddock? And Don says, well, I didn't put anything in it. He said, well, something's happened because he said you got four times the amount of potatoes out of that paddock that you should have got. <laughs> He'll make the way where there is no way, guys. And he's just like Don. What he did for Don, he will do for you. Fear not. The Lord knows your need. He will supply for you. Might not see it immediately. Don had to wait for a whole, almost a whole season, but he, he had got him through. Well, anyway, the guy comes back the next year. He said, can I have another paddock? Oh, and then, and then I, I missed this part. He said, Don, what did you do? And he said, well, all we did was pray in that paddock. And the guy goes, oh, you don't believe in that rubbish. <laughs> the next year, Don and I are walking around the farm. We're standing in the paddock and we pray. The man comes back puts the potatoes in the same paddock four times the amount again next year. And his income is just coming up, it's coming up, it's coming up, and it's getting them out of recession. It's getting them out of the difficulty. It's getting them out of the hardship. Don't be too impatient and don't mind waiting because God's got whatever you, whatever you need to have. But it might not be to, to exactly right now. But he will get you through. And, and, and anyway, <laughs> the guy come back to Don and he said, Don, he said, did you guys pray in that paddock? And he said, yes, we did. He said, oh, there's got to be something in this. Because <laughs> God will make the way where there is no way. You see, the Lord... He's really for you. He's with you. And I just want to really bring this to, sort of start bringing this to a point where I just believe maybe that the Holy Spirit can really just, just um, I, I want this message to be more caught than taught today. I, want, I, want, I just want us all to catch something. You know, after we, after we get to the end, we're going to sing that Waymaker, Promise Keeper. And um, what I'm going to ask you to do, not yet because I haven't finished yet, but what I'm going to ask you to do is I'm going to, if, if you just need to hear from the Lord and, that, that, you know, then I want you to stand. I'm going to ask you to stand. If you want other people that you know that you want to pray for, um, so when we sing that later on, I'm just preparing you um, because get your heart ready to start saying, well, God, you've got this. You're the way maker for me. You're the way maker for my neighbors. You're the way maker for my family. You are the way maker and you might just use me to help the person in their way. I love this story. It's about Elijah. And now just a little bit of a recap. Elijah is on the run from Jezebel. Uh, this is 1 Kings chapter 19. He's on the run. Um, they, uh, she's saying that I'm going to kill you. Um, you know, I mean, this is the miracle working Elijah and he's running away. You know, man full of faith, full of power, full of grace. You know, but here he is on the run from this, the, the, the lady and the, her husband who's threatening his life. And this is the part I love. Uh, and verse 9 said, There he went into a cave and spent the night in the place. 
And behold, the word of the Lord came to him and said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? (laughs) I love that. What are you doing here? And this is his response. And there he went into the cave and, and verse 10 So he said, I have been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars, and killed your prophets. They have a sword, and I alone am the only one left, and they seek my life. Can I I just just drop this in? You know, sometimes when you're going through stuff, you just think you're the only person going through stuff. (laughs) But I tell you what, there are so many people going through things. In Hamner Springs every day, We're meeting people that are going through stuff. And it's so good to be able to just spend time and help and to encourage and to journey with people. And so so God reminds me, he said, why are you here? And so he says, well, I'm, 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 I'm fearful, I'm afraid, I'm being chased, they want to kill me. And so this is the part I really love. And he said, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord and behold the Lord pass by and a great and a strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, the earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. (coughs) And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. You know, there can be all manner of things around you. There can be all manner of things happening. You know, and, and the loudness of the storm and the loudness of everything that was going on. Like there was rocks being broken, there was fire, there was earthquakes. But God wasn't in that, but the still small voice. And I want to finish with a testimony. This is my own story. About 43 years ago, <clears throat> my wife and I were over in Papua New Guinea as missionaries in a place called West New Britain. And my wife was called Kerry. She was a lady full of faith, loved God. And as she was changing our daughters, uh, she was changing her daughter's nappy. She put a safety pin under her, her fingernail. And seven days later, she was gone. She passed away in a hospital in West New Britain. Whew. There you need a way make, you need a miracle worker right there. And I remember being in the room when she passed away and I said, Lord, where to from here? And I remember leaving that room without her. And we went through some processes and getting the funeral arranged for Kerry. Went through all the things. And it was the night before the funeral. And I'm just in turmoil. And so... I pray. There was a storm. There was a rocks. There were winds. There were all these things happening all around me. And I'm thinking, how am I going to get through this? How am I going to journey through this? 
And so I'm in this room on my own and I, I pray to the Lord. And I said, Lord, I said, I want to know two things. I said, I want to know what you think about Carrie and I want to know where she is. Well, I think it was the other way around. I said, where she is and what you think about her. And in the midst of all the storm and the heartache and the brokenness, the still small voice comes. That still small voice. And he says, Mike, read Psalm 16. Just as if I've ever heard his voice, I heard it then. And it was so quiet. And it was just, read Psalm 16. And so I, got, I didn't know what Psalm 16 said. So I got out my Bible and I, I opened it to Psalm 16 and verse 3. It says, Whew. As for the saints who are in the earth, they are my majestic ones, in whom is all my delight. And right then I knew that she was a majestic one, and he delighted in her. She was in the earth, and he delighted. I said, Lord, that's good enough for me, mate. I said, you and me are buddies. And that just comforted my heart. The next day we have the funeral. And this funeral service, beautiful. The PNG people did an amazing job and the, the funeral was just something very special. And we took her over in front of a huge tree, like a, a, a tree for big flowers. I can't, I don't know the name of it, but yeah. Yeah, that's the word. Beautiful tree. And she's buried under this tree and everyone had left. They'd all gone back to the tent where we were going to continue with the meal and stuff. And I just stay. I, I just stay there and I'm the last one to leave her great site. We were hopping on a plane seven days later to come back to New Zealand. I had a nine-month-old daughter at the time. Her name was Joanna. And we were just about to leave uh, in, a, in a few days. So I'm standing there thinking, my goodness, what a huge chain of events. And so I'm walking back and I'm thinking, oh, it was just all a little bit much, really. And I'm walking back and these two teenage girls, a lot of the, the, the Guinea girls aren't tall, but, I, they, they, but they were teenagers. And so I'm walking back by myself and back to where the tent was to kind of get myself ready for the talking to people and whatnot. And, and these two little girls come up to me and they looked me in the eye and they said, Mike, they said, can we sing you a song? I said, yeah. So they sing. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds the future, life is worth the living just because he lives. There is the still small voice again. It'll come all sorts of different ways. But this year, understand this, that no matter how large the storm, how big the unpredictable, how devastating the news, how lasting the struggle, 
how confusing the situation, how disappointing the experience, always understand that the Lord, He will make the way for you because He did it for me and He will continue to do it. We are not in recession, but we're under the covering of His mighty wings. We are His family. We are His. You see, he said the crooked way will be made straight and the rough way will be made smooth. Knowing that he is for you, he is with you to establish you in the midst of whatever you face this year. He is the way maker. He is the promise keeper. He is the light in the darkness. And he will make the way where there is no way. I pray that you've caught that today because you're going to need it. You're going to need it. Believe me, we're going to need it, all of us. I'm going to pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you today that you are the way maker, the promise keeper. You said the crooked will be made straight, the rough will be made smooth. And we understand that all of us are going to go through something somewhere, somehow. But we go through it with you because you said you'll never leave us or forsake us. That was a promise that I know is so true. And so, Father, today I pray that we would again just catch your faithfulness that you will make the way where there is no way. And Father, I just pray right now that your still small voice will come and speak to every heart and instill faith, strength in the midst of the challenges that we've had and the challenges that we're having and the challenges that are before us. We love you. We thank you that you are so for us. We know, Lord, there are people around us that are wondering how they're going to get through life, our neighbours, our friends, our workmates. And you've put us in their way to, to, to show a way. You've put us with them, whoever they may be, to show the way, to help, to be a blessing, to be a great encouragement, because you're the way maker, not only for us, but for them as well. You know, today, just right across this auditorium, there are people you're going through some stuff. And I'm just gonna ask you to do something in faith. And I'd just like you to stand at your feet and just say, Father, I thank you that you are my way maker. You might be in the midst of all sorts of trials. If that's you, just feel free to stand. Good on you guys. He's your way maker, family. He's your way maker. He knows what you're facing. And also today there are folks here that you've got neighbours and friends 
You've got people in your life that have gone through some really difficult times. And God has put you in their way so that you can show a way. And I'd like you to stand. If you've got people like that, that you just want to say, well, Father, I know that you know their need. Heavenly Father, we thank you for those who are sitting and those who are standing. Lord, and I just declare today that you are their way maker. You will make the way where there is no way. For those who have personal circumstances and situations, you will make the way for them. So they will bring back a testimony in the next weeks of just how you have intervened and got them through the things that they face. And Lord, there are others who are standing in behalf of others. And Father, you put them in the way so that they could then be a strength and an encouragement. Lord, I pray that you would give them understanding and wisdom and insight on how to be a great blessing in the midst of the trials that these people face, whatever it takes. Father, we thank you that you are our way maker. You are our promise keeper. You make the way where there is no way. I thank you that we've caught something today. In your spirit, we just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's all stand and worship.